Welcome to the Empowered Spirit Show. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. I'll explore the connection to the human spirit in a way that helps to navigate your life, including crisis. I am passionate about helping you to open up to your intuition and the metaphysical world of spirit to find your confidence and your own inner guidance. Take a pause, be inspired, learn ways to show up focused, centered, and more dynamic in your everyday life. Welcome back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. This episode is being brought to you by Forecast, located in Homewood, Alabama. Forecast is a hair salon on a mission to shape a movement in the beauty industry, focusing on education, fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online at ForecastSalon.com. As this podcast goes to air, we've just gone through the summer solstice, officially beginning the summer season. We've also moved into the sun sign of cancer. Cancer energy, it's about the inner feelings, your emotions, your sensitivity, your intuition, and learning how to lead with your innate ability to know and hear and see and feel. Summer is a time to work on yourself and your ability to be the light. It's a time to nurture yourself, learn more about these innate abilities, and dance with the wild woman within that shell as you find meaning in your journey. Consciousness is shifting, and now is a time to find patience with yourself for all your growth. It is a time to approach life with curiosity. This is the rhythm of nature, new beginnings and transitions from a period of uncertainty when we really don't quite know how we're going to bring it all in to really trusting, trusting and having faith. And during this time, it is easy to become anxious or uncertain, but summer is all about sitting back, developing faith in your life, squashing that inner critic, that darkness within and trust Just like the sun, you will rise each day, no matter where your path takes you. We also have a new moon in Cancer coming in next week, magnifying this Cancerian vibration, urging you to go within and learn more about your own inner guidance. Knowing your energy, your truth, your voice, your spirit is so valuable at this time. And that's where the rites come in to help you move through all this stuff. Rites being Reiki, Intuition, Tarot, EFT, and Stones and Crystals. Finding ways to tend to the struggles of your life with these tools can help add inspiration, amusement, and joy. It can free you from the stress that is going on in the world. All of these cosmic forces and energy alignments I talk about on my Energy Focus for the Week, which you can find live on Sunday nights on Instagram and Facebook. We talk about what's going on, we align our energy, set intentions for the week, and I pull the tarot cards for guidance. Join me or catch the replay. As we move through all these cosmic transitions, now is the time to clean up your energy with an energy clearing session. Schedule one in person or online. When you work with the energy body, it helps to release the old patterns and all that old stuff. Links will be in the show notes. When you start going within and connecting to your soul and your spirit, you will find your answers. If you're a strong, passionate person, ready to take charge of your life and let go of the stories running around inside of your head, let's talk. Let's talk about my Empowered Spirit private mentoring program. Warning, this work will change your life. It can seriously improve your body, mind, and spirit. 
Side effects, yes, you may see yourself or others as they really are. You may experience loss of excess baggage, resulting in major life changes. You may become the person you are really meant to be. My Empowered Spirit programs can help you upgrade your spiritual path. You'll learn lots of energy tools, techniques, ways to center your energy, and ways to raise your vibration to release the energy drains and limited beliefs that hold you back. Now is a great time to jumpstart your spiritual practice. Schedule a spiritual upgrade breakthrough call with me, and let's talk about how this program can help you. In today's episode, I speak with Granddaughter Crow, who is internationally recognized as a medicine person. She comes from a long line of spiritual leaders as a member of the Navajo Nation. She is the author of The Journey of the Soul, Wisdom of the Natural World, and Belief, Being, and Beyond. What a great conversation. I was so honored to talk with her and hear of her teachings to the Navajo Nation. I just loved how she bridges the gap of religion, spirituality, and philosophy. We talk about blending beliefs, the tarot, being curious, giving yourself permission to ask questions, noticing what's right in front of you, authenticity, healing, and receiving your own answers to find even more empowerment for yourself. Before we begin, let's take a moment to pause, to breathe, and set an intention for where you are right now. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Take a nice deep inhale as you bring that breath all the way up the body. And exhale, sending that breath all the way back down, deep into the earth. Inhale, call in your spirit. Call all your energy back to you. Exhaling, sending that breath all the way down, slowing down. Inhale, breathing up the body as you open up and come into the heart. Exhale, dropping right into the very center of your heart, that deepest part. Feel that connection to spirit, source, creator. Know that you are known. Know that you are loved. Taking another deep inhale and exhale as we go to set this energy today, calling in. The masters, the teachers, the archangels, calling in your own spirit guides as you take this time to notice where you are on this great wheel of life. This new season of summer, we find ourselves in the direction of the south, where we find that patience and that love and that understanding of who we are and the growth of our path where we open up to the divine feminine energy to bring forward that wild woman energy calling in all of the directions for guidance and protection to the south, the west, the north, and the east. Above you, below you, right into the very center, calling into your spirit, co-creating with creator, setting your intention for this season of summer. Allow those elevated emotions to rise up as you send them out 
embodying that energy all around you, holding that vibration, releasing the attachments. Taking another deep inhale and exhale, bringing that awareness back, blinking the eyes open, coming back. Granddaughter Crow, or Dr. Joy Gray, holds a doctorate in leadership, internationally recognized as a medicine person. She is the founding CEO of the Eagle Heart Foundation, a not-for-profit organization. She dedicates her life to inspiring, encouraging, and empowering individuals to be their authenticity. Today, she is here to talk about her latest book, Belief, Being, and Beyond, which uses a variety of spiritual concepts and scientific findings to engage you in deep self-reflection and growth. Perfect for the summer season. And as she says, we are more similar than we are different. In this book, Granddaughter Crow invites you to delve into ideas outside the dogma you may have previously been taught. By exploring your own pre-existing beliefs and the themes and various spiritual and cultural traditions we all share, you can heal thoughts that may be hurting you and others. So let us welcome Granddaughter Crow to the show. Welcome, Granddaughter Crow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is an honor to be here with you, Terry, and everything that you do, as well as each of your listeners joining us today. Yes, thank you so much for joining us as well. And as we were talking before we really hit the record, it's just the opportunity to see how you're working, how you're blending cultures and bringing such a beautiful teaching from the Native American heritage. For me, it has always been dear to my heart. I know I've lived it, I've loved it, I have it in my DNA, and just to learn more. And I think, too, just that blending, like we are all one and how it comes out and has that importance in our life today. So thank you so much for coming today. And bringing your book forward as well. How exciting that you have written this book. Yeah. Congratulations on that as well. Thank you. So I'd like to just kind of give our listeners a little bit of a back history from you. Where do you begin? Sure, absolutely. So uh, one thing that is very unique about me is that I am half Navajo and half Dutch. So my parents met in seminary school and uh, under the Christian faith and got married. My father is full-blood Navajo. English is his second language. To explain how close I am with that culture, it's it's a two-pronged thing. One, my father is 90 years old, which means that he was in, in his day when he was eight, nine years old, he was taken from the Hogan and put into the boarding schools. And so learning all about that and then very Christianized in the way that he was taught and, and then I grew up more in a Christianized faith. And then I started exploring outside of that. And now I am so happy to bring you Belief Being and Beyond because it is an expression of my personal life's work, as well as, you know, there, there's anecdotal things about me that I think that a lot of people will 
find familiar within their story. And then I weave in this whole understanding that we are more similar than we are different, even if we have different forms or, or paths to our belief system, spiritually, religiously, etc. I think it's very important in this day and age because there's there's like a separation trying to happen, divisions trying to happen. And I'm here to go, hey, you know, let's, I know we're in a dualistic world, but let's connect. And I think that the unique part about me and the reason why I can um, do this type of a weaving is because I was raised Navajo, thinking Navajo, speaking a little Navajo, I'm not fluent, and also raised in, in a, a, an English speaking society. And it was very difficult for me to be, be representative of both. I like to say I was uh, First Nation before First Nation was cool, which means that I, right? It, which means that, um, yes, there were plenty of times when I was a teenager trying to find my identity that I tried to do blonde streaks in my hair and I don't want to tan too dark and, you know, try to do my makeup. So I look a little bit more like the other people around me. I, I did feel different and I was different, but then as I grew, I realized I'm not one or the other. I am both. I am whole and I actually am a bridge and beyond being a bridge between two cultures, two ways of thinking, I'm also found that I'm a bridge between a lot of things, spiritually, all of that. There's a lot of bridge work that I do. So I'd say that I'm mm. a bridge. I love that because I think it is important to bridge that gap. And I think that that just the concept, you know, the one nation, the whole idea we are one, we are all together in this. And that's really a lot of the healing that needs to go forward right now. It really is. And just seeing, you know, I was in the 70s when a lot of that was happening. And I remember, you know, watching some of the movements and I was in the arts and I remember dancing and looking up, you know, looking up the various dances and stuff. And it was just all so touching to my heart. And even as you say the story of your father and taken, it's like, I can still feel it. I really can. And so what important work, what important work that you have that you can share and that you can talk about it because so much of these teachings are word of mouth. Right? You have to go sit in ceremony, yes. which, hey, I love ceremony. I love to go sit in them, but it is hard sometimes to find those circles and to find those that will teach the ways without it being so watered down or so, you know, left to one's own imagination, <laughs> however you want to look at that. So, mm -hmm. yes, I'm very excited mm -hmm. that, you know, this is coming out and that, you know, you're going to tell us even more about how you do that. And, like, kind of, too, let's go into what, what led you to writing this book. Absolutely. That's actually a, a fun story. When I was um, 30, I decided to go to college. I wanted to expand my thinking. I started getting really curious. So the first night in college, went to night school for adults. Um, first night, there was this Gen 101 class. Basically, let's figure out how do we get the adult to think about taking responsibility for their own education? What tools can we provide them? And it was the first night there was an icebreaker. And um, the, the professor said, hey, um, if you were to write a book, pose this question to each of the students, if you were to write a book, what would the title be? Nice little icebreaker, yeah. right? So I sat there and I'm like, hmm, hmm. I go deep. 
that's one thing that I always do is I go real deep, <laughs> real fast. And it's more accepted in doing what I do now, but it was less accepted when I was like a teenager and I went deep, mm, right. you know, people were like, you're too yeah. deep. So um, I went deep and I, I wrote down on a piece of paper what the title of my book would be. And then we started going around the circle and somebody was like, oh, I, I'd say, you know, how to ski, you know, the slopes. And I was like, oh, that's kind of general. And then somebody else was like, how to bake grandmother's cookies. And I'm like, oh no, I am starting to get this feeling that I went way too deep again, <laughs> you know? And they got to me and I said, belief being and beyond. And, you know, yeah, yeah right people were just kind of like glazy eyes. And the instructor though was wonderful individual. And she looked at me and she said, explain. And I said, well, what people believe constitutes how they behave or their beingness in the world. But there is always something beyond what we personally believe. There's always more. And if we understand that, then we will be a, a fuller people and we won't ostracize people outside of our personal belief systems. And she was like, oh, okay. And from then, a couple decades later, I actually wrote the book, Belief, Being, and Beyond. Wow. Yeah, your spirit was out there and you brought it in. That's excellent. Yes, very good. And what a great story because sometimes we do go deep. And what a great thing that your teacher just like kind of asked you more instead of like, huh, what, you know, because it really validated that deep part of you for you to follow. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I really yeah. do. In the title, you use the word belief. Are you referring to spiritual beliefs, Christian beliefs, religious beliefs? Let's elaborate. Yeah, excellent question. Um, yes, 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 and. So what I would say is if you believe that if you brush your teeth twice a day, you will have healthy teeth for the rest of your life, you will then religiously brush your teeth twice a day. So I am talking about, you know, the great religions. I, I weave that in the book, but I'm also talking about science. I'm talking about maybe even your own personal belief system about who you are and what you are here to do or who others are and what they're here to do. All of those little nuances, those beliefs, you know, like the belief that I am authentic, just like you. That opens up a similarity, yet authenticity within us. So when we approach the world through beliefs, whether it's of the mind or how you behave during the day or spiritually, it is all of the above. Excellent answer. Excellent. Very thorough. And I love the example. It's like, yeah, religiously doing it. And it is, it's blending and it's breaking down those those boundaries, those barriers that we put and just recognizing that common thread. I love that. Excellent. Definitely so. So you also get into talking about philosophy, religion, mythology, other spiritual practices. Like where is that thread? And then where do we break those down so that that thread can be stronger and stronger? Yeah. Well, you know, I am one that I, I, I'm, I'm a curious student. So some call me a teacher because I share what I'm learning or what I've learned. So they say I'm a, a teacher, but the truth is 
individually, I feel like this curious student. I will pick up books on philosophy. I love philosophy. I love psychology. I love um, comparative religions. I love mythology. I love all of those things. And so the reason why I brought up like religion, philosophy, and mythology is to share the commonality between those and then the differences between those. So a commonality is each one of these, be it religion, be it philosophy, or be it mythology, they are each creating some sort of a, a theme or a concept that says this is to explain our existence here to explain who we are, why we exist, where the world came from, and what's going on. The problem, well, not it's not a problem, but with mythology and religion, they have a deity. They have some sort of form of a, a godlike power. They, they must have that in order to create their stories. Philosophy does not need to have a god in it. Mm. So that's that's the it's it's basically kind of breaking all of those down that's the basis of it i talk a little bit more about that in the book but the truth is is that all of these are trying to explain where we came from who we are what we are why we're here and where we're going very big questions yeah i like that and that helps to kind of keep it in like a neutral no judgment i really do and you know, I moved back here. Well, I grew up here in Birmingham, Alabama. Grew up in the 50s, 60s, left, went off to college, wound up in New York City, raised my kids. I moved back here 10 years ago. So gone 35 years. I left a white Jewish girl from the South and came back an interfaith minister of spiritual counseling. Huh? What? Right, right, <laughs> like, right. What are you doing? And so for me, it was like, really, how do I bridge those gaps? Because really, for me, it's spiritual counseling. It's all faith. All religion is one. And so it is about bridging those gaps. So recently, longer story than I'll share right now, but I have shared it many times on the podcast, but recently I created a tarot deck. All right. And it was one of those things when I came back to Birmingham, I would talk about Reiki and talk about, you know, spiritual counseling, but the tarot was kind of like, Ooh, no. And right at the beginning, you really address this question. Like what does Christianity have in common with the tarot? So how do you bridge that? Giving this as an example of what we've just said. Absolutely. So because I'm centralizing on belief systems and um, we have like major religions, we have, you know, different people, um, methodologies and things like this, but there is also in science even, but belief systems, one of the big belief systems is in the tarot. So if you go back in history far enough, the research that I've done around it is that it was, it's one of the oldest ways of telling the story about what's going on, be it the full card starting up to the world card where everything is all connected. And then again, back again to the full, right? It rolls in a big circle. So what Christianity has to do with the Tarot, I really get into it in the book. So I'll just kind of brush over it and say, well, think about the lover's card and the Garden of Eden. Think about the judgment card and, you know, the Armageddon and, and, and the second coming and all of that. Think about, you know, just all of the, the, the devil card. Hello, that doesn't need much explanation, right? So it's a, a belief system that, create, that speaks the whole story. 
and tells us everything, especially within the major arcana and congrats on the tarot deck. That is amazing. And, um, but it's, it needs to be talked about because I think that it has been cast aside as one of the major belief systems and forms of divination, but it is one of the eldest from what I've studied. It's one of the eldest ones. So it really kind of brings it in. And, you know, even it ties into uh, Egyptology, it ties into the Hebrew language. So it's all connected. And if we recognize those connections, of the macro bigger pattern to the micro smaller pattern about how do I embody this day to day, then we've got the full, you know, picture of it all. So yeah, and the tarot is one of the greatest storytelling gifts there is, right? Just really, it's very mesmerizing. We weave those stories. And as we know, from Native American culture, I mean, you know, that's really storytelling too, sitting around the fire. So there is that way that it all blends in together. Yeah. 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 I like that. Like how you break it down and how you look at the days and how you can really understand more and more about your own life. And you talk about this in the book too. It's like looking at the time of day and comparing it to beliefs and the philosophy. Where is that importance coming in? Oh, it's, that's a really wonderful question because, you know, once the reader picks up the book, I would say in order to find the, the complete patterning to what I'm going to be laying down is go to the end of the book into the um, final, the overall matrix, the appendix to the overall matrix. When you look at that, you will see that I created this matrix that has to do with four, one, two, three, four. And then I implemented the day in that, the morning, the noon, the evening, and the night. And then I went through different things. And then one of them, I put like the creation story, the flood, the the savior, the hero, and the um, end of time. Because in most religions, including in the Navajo culture, we have a creation story. We all have some sort of flood. Even in science, we have floods. We all have some sort of a hero's journey or a savior, even in science. Maybe it's like Albert Einstein or something. That could be our our savior. And then we all have an explanation of how this all ends. Those are really big concepts when we're looking at belief systems and religion. But in order to embody these very big concepts, we could directly say the creation feels like the morning when you wake up and you have an awakening and and you begin to kind of come alive. And, and the, the, the flood story really, I mean, a lot of it was to do cleansing, to do enlightenment, to take us to the next level. And that is much like noontime and your body knows what noontime feels like. And so it's like, that's how you can embody the energy of purification and enlightenment. And then you go into the evening time and you have like the savior and you have the the time when you rest or the time when everything is just solid. It makes a lot more sense when you actually read the book, but it's about embodying these, these things by showing you as a reader, that these great concepts that we all share actually flows in one day and your body recognizes the story so you can embody it and empower it. It's beautiful, beautiful tale, beautiful way of looking at the way in which we can look at those cycles within ourselves. It's like the medicine wheel, working with the medicine wheel. 
Absolutely. It's exactly. Yep. So, you know, one of the things that you talked about as you opened the intro to the book, too, is like your own self and how you at early age, you know, questioned your beliefs and how that is so needed right now. Like, why do you feel it's so important? You could describe this book (laughs) through many different lenses, like, oh, it's a book about comparative religion. Oh, it's a book about empowering the, the macro into the micro form. But at the end of the day, I think that for me, one of the biggest parts about this book is I encourage people to ask questions. See, I was raised at a time when children were to be seen and not heard, when in a a religious sect that told me, do not question the Bible, do not question elders, do not question authority, and by God, never, ever even think about questioning deity. And so I didn't ask questions. I was a little sheeple and I was a good one too. On the front pulpit, I stood up and sang, you know, Jesus loves me in Navajo when I was four years old, you know, I mean, I, I understand that. But when I started getting to be about 15 years old, I started asking questions and it changed my life. I know that at one point it kind of pushed me outside of my family and outside of my religion or the faith that that was going down in the church that I was going to, but it also led me to exploration. It led me to answers. You can have all the answers right in front of you, but if you do not ask a question, you may not understand the answer. You won't recognize it. It starts with asking a question and I feel like if we all approached life with curiosity and didn't just become robotic or sheeple, if we actually ask questions, I can tell you deity, the one that I encounter, creator, great spirit, whatever you identify with, it gave me a mind and a curious, a curious spirit. I think it wanted me to ask questions. It wanted me to grow and learn. It wants me to continue to do that so that I can find answers. So when we stop asking questions, we become sheeple, in my opinion. When we start asking questions, we start waking up. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I guess those are my reasons too, like why I left the South in the 70s. I only saw one part of what was going on and I was so curious to be out there you know, and learn. And yeah, I took a few stumbles. Well, I took a lot of stumbles, but it opened and expanded. And it led me to do the work that I do that was definitely not in my realm of possibility when I was growing up down here. But I do agree. I think we need to question. I think right now we need to question. We need to break out of what's going on. And we really need to find those answers deep inside. I I just think it's so important. And how you expand all of this right now, helping us to see that you know, it's really valuable for everybody to question themselves one time. I do a lot of, I used to, now Alabama laws have changed, but I do a lot of weddings. And so mostly it's people that come to me as interfaith. And most people, as I've seen in my experience, my experience only, that people don't question their faith unless they're posed with a different religion when it comes to marriage, mostly. Mm-hmm. Now, I have seen people go to their another religion because they're seekers, but for the most part, people don't even question it. They just keep doing the same thing, marry the same faith, marry the same religion, do the same thing, and never really stop to really think about, like, is this really how I want to raise my children? Yeah. Yeah. 
And now is a time. And I will say, you know, there is a lot more diversity. There's a lot more diversity down here. And I love it. I love seeing the colors. I love seeing all of that coming forward, which just really reinforces the idea. I'm you and you and me. We are all from the same place, baby. You know, it doesn't matter. We're going through different things at different times. Yep. So what a really beautiful way to come at this and help us to really understand how these go together and remove all the judgment, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. We can leave that judgment behind for sure. Absolutely, I agree. So what have you been noticing for some of the comments coming in, the testimonials coming in? You know, it it varies a lot because it speaks on so many different levels to so many different groups that there's something in there for everyone. One of the most profound things is um, I heard that it, in fact, this is what my publicist said as the subtitle of Belief Being and Beyond. It says, your journey to questioning ideas, to deconstructing concepts, and healing from harmful belief systems. That is so profound because I guess it does all that. I didn't realize it. Other people are picking up on um, that they feel like I'm talking about that we are more similar than we are different. Other people are talking about, um, I love that you talk about that we all have blind spots and you go into the blind spots so that we don't all come out like, I know everything. There's always more to learn. And so there's, there's just like, there's a little bit of something in there for everyone. And a lot of people, I would say, um, you know, you don't see a lot of Navajo books out there. And I have a couple of theories on that or Navajo authors out there. One is I've kind of noticed that in my own lived experience that the Navajo people, at least my clan, doesn't talk a lot. They don't, they don't share a lot. They just, they, they, they don't talk a lot. Another thing is that it's a very oral culture, which is where we all came from is oral cultures, but I think it was less than 200 years ago that the Navajo language was actually written down. And that's something that is, you know, wow. So, and and we are starting to lose a lot of the traditional cultural Navajo ways. And so I kind of have to dig down deep within my own DNA memory. And so a lot of people just appreciate that I'm a, you know, First Nation, Indigenous but also Navajo. So there's a lot of a lot of different jewels in there. There are a lot of different jewels, and I have appreciated it too. I mean, my Native American heritage studies goes back a long time, and even, you know, like I said, through my own energy. And so it is, and I said this before we got on, like gushing, like what an honor, like to have this ability to talk to you one-on-one and share this work. So yeah, I think it is just very beneficial right now, and I think it is for everybody, especially people trying to really bridge gaps or really kind of blend their beliefs with perhaps a partner or just their own beliefs in the world that they're living in right now. And again, asking these questions and being curious. And I love the word curious. It's one that I adapted for myself to coming out of the healing of COVID coming out of this. Let me just be curious and try this idea. Let me be curious and try that. And it really does help to open up the energy. So I definitely agree with that. So what are you most passionate about with all of this? Well, I am here to inspire 
to encourage and to empower authenticity within individuals and within expression. I really want to walk with people through this journey. I'm not here to push them in one direction or another. I'm here to explore the world with them, be it even, um, you know, through the authorship or public speaking or one-on-one sessions that I offer. It's all about inspiring and encouraging and empowering their authenticity. And so that's the number one thing that that all of my work does, whatever I have. Actually, this is my third book. Um, you can find my other books on my website, but at the end of the day, that's that's what my spirit is here to do. That's my personal mission statement. And, and just to kind of go off of that, I would encourage the listeners to do some meditation, do some inner digging and figure out what is your personal mission statement? You know, that's kind of a deep, fun thing to do. Um, What are you doing here? What do you want to do? And in everything that you do, may you do those things. Beautiful. Yeah. Setting that settle, finding that authenticity and being curious and what is it you really want to do? Yeah. Yeah. So where can people find your work? What's the best place to send them to? So just remember the name Granddaughter Crow. A lot of people, yes, I actually am a grandmother. I have four wonderful grandchildren, but I am Granddaughter Crow because of my grandfather in the spirit realm was the one that really connected with me and showed me a lot of the medicine ways. So it's Granddaughter Crow. You can Google Granddaughter Crow. You can put in www.granddaughtercrow.com. All my social media will come up. My website comes up where you can find what I do and feel free to connect with me. I uh, really encourage, I do my best to stay as accessible to individuals as I am able to. So please feel free to, you know, send me an email or connect, but yes, Granddaughter Crow. That's that's where you can find me online. So you did mention sessions. So you offer private sessions. Do you do teaching, group work? How do you work? Yeah. So I do one-on-one sessions under the name of Granddaughter Crow. And those are like a half an hour, an hour via Zoom or the phone. And I have clients globally. So wherever you're at, I mean, even if I have some people in Mexico, so we do it on WhatsApp and it's me connecting with your spirit and walking with you wherever it is that you are at and telling you what I also see. And I'm encouraging you to look around at your life and perceive what it is that you see. I also do teachings. I do some classes on all sorts of subjects. You can look up uh, my newest stuff on uh, my website. I also founded the Eagle Heart Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization. And uh, we, under that, are going to be doing an academy that kind of walks through the books that I've written and kind of gives more exercises to embody the work. So there's a lot of different ways that I come out. I do public speaking and um yeah, so I'm I'm here to to share and be here with all of you to encourage you and empower you and inspire you. I love that. Yeah, and to offer these teachings. How great is that? 
for sure. So granddaughter Crow, it's been awesome talking to you. And I just like to come back and kind of close the show. And we have covered this a little bit, but just one last thought on how the work that you do can help to empower the spirit right now in humanity. Absolutely. I would say, give yourself permission to be curious, give yourself permission to ask questions because the answers are all right in front of you, but we won't recognize them until you ask. And when you get the answer, then you will be more empowered and encouraged. And the more that you do this, the stronger day-to-day practical applications you will have. Let's take that spiritual concepts and actually put it into our practical day-to-day empowerment. And I'm here to walk that road with you. Let's embody spirit and bring it out into the world. Mm, Yes, embody spirit and bring it out into the world. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your work and for being here today and sharing all that you're sharing. Yeah, to your spirit. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Aho. Yes. As she says, we are more similar than we are different. So let us embody these spiritual teachings, and let us take them out into our everyday life. Reach out to Granddaughter Crow for her book and her work. And if you need help creating your spiritual practice, reach out to me, schedule your spiritual upgrade call, and let's get you started connecting with your own inner guidance. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman, to Your Spirit. Namaste. Namaste.